Hey, how's it going? This is the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. This is one of our refinable episodes, Personal Portraits of Gospel-Shaped Lives. It is our deep hope that God would speak to you through these life stories and faith journeys, and that these narratives would encourage you and inspire you to follow Christ in deeper and intentional ways, especially in regards to how the gospel can shape, and in some cases, reshape your life. Today's guest is a follower of Christ, a husband, pastor at Celebration Gospel Church, a ripping guitarist, a blogger and vlogger. He's got a huge heart and a passion for God and others. One of the biggest smiles ever, James Yang. Thank you for joining us. How is it going? It's good to be here. Yeah. You know what? I remember watching one of your videos and you said that you were lenting meat, right? You were going vegetarian That's for right. lunch, right? Yeah. How's that been going? It's, it's good. I'm enjoying it. I think I'm losing some weight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, added benefits, right? Yeah. Added benefits. Added benefits from connecting to God yeah. deeper, right? All right. We're just going to jump right in. The big five, our big five refinable questions. Question number one, how has the gospel personally shaped and worked in your life as an individual? I, I think it, for me, it, it, the gospel in many ways in recent years, I think in the last probably five years, have shaped my life most profoundly. Mm. When I was younger, everything was very, very black and white, I think, especially coming to know the Lord uh, in my teenage years. I believe I became a Christian when I was 13, about 12, 13. And you know, everything that was taught to me in the in my church context was it was very much Sunday school. Mm, you know, you're yeah. you're learning what's right and wrong, what God loves, what doesn't, what he doesn't and and all of these things that seem more black and white, you know, you know, this is this is what you should do as a Christian, this is what you shouldn't do. But I think in the last few years of ministry I've discovered more significantly what the gospel and the in the gospel of grace uh, really begins to mean for me in my wow. own life, and yeah. and that might sound strange as a pastor, you know, as someone who's been in pastoral ministry close to maybe about thirteen years now. It, that might sound strange. It's like, what were you doing for the last those other eight years? Then, <laughs> right? It's like, what kind of gospel were you preaching? But I, I think, I think in the practice of ministry, learning to care for people and to reach people and to share the gospel with people. Uh, what, what does that look like? Sure. And and how does the gospel begin to shape you when you preach it and when you teach it to people and when you share that with people in their time of need and yeah. time of brokenness? And and for me, it's it's been a major, major impact of understanding uh, grace in the, on a deeper level where uh, I'm starting to understand much more. What does it mean that God loves me, uh, even as a sinner, mm-hmm. and how He begins to work in my life and change me and transform me day in day out, and that the gospel speak out to me in uh, in everyday living, and uh, I think it became more evident uh, in in the last five years because I think there were a lot of uh, times where I had a hard time loving people and and had a hard time loving myself. I sure. had a hard time. You know, just just knowing uh, how to be compassionate to those who are uh, maybe you know giving me a good time or a hard time, right? Right. Yeah. And and as we live life in general and and on that journey, we will always come across people who we have a very very difficult time with, and uh, and we will also come across people who who we are able to identify with, you know, right off the bat. 
and that life is not always consistent where you know you have all these people that surround you that love you and in the midst of that you have to come to a place of understanding okay even when people dislike you or disagree with you and 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 may give you a hard time can you still love them and can you still bless them and continue to minister to them and to be there for them and to support them and be there in their time of need whether they want you there or don't want you there or whether they act like they want you there or act like they don't right when you discover how to do that you also discover that's how god loves us as well yeah and how deep that begins to go so for me that's that's what it's like as an individual yeah. uh, just growing in ministry and how that has affected me in, in my ministry and it probably goes probably in into other different questions that you might have. Sure. But, yeah. and, and isn't it amazing that God continues to remind us the depths of his grace and his love in different ways? Mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of a lot of the sacraments too, that they constantly remind us of yeah. who he is and what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has gospel shaped you as a husband and as a son as well? Mm. I, I think... Definitely getting married has changed my life. <laughs> uh, it has changed my life the most. And, and, and that's, not just that's not just because my wife might be listening. But it's, you know, it Shout really out to Ginny, if you're listening. And, and, and no, it, it, it really helped me to understand, I, again, what grace looks like. You know, I, I, you know, when I look at myself, I can be a terrible human being sometimes. And... And knowing how inconsistent, I'll say one thing as a pastor, and I'll preach one thing, but and and I'll be a completely the opposite. You mm, know, yeah. You know, five minutes after service, you know, I get on, I get get to the steering wheel and on the road, and and all of a sudden, <laughs> I, you know, you know, where this pre- pastor was preaching about love, you know, how road rage and want to run someone <laughs> over because they cut me off, right? Yeah. Out of so, love, right? Yeah. Out of love. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Just I want to teach you a lesson out of love, though. <laughs> but you know, it's it it's uh it it's humbling to know that she's still st- stuck there by my side, mm. and, and it's not just because she she vowed and she married me and and legally she's bound to me, but because she genuinely loves me. Sure. And and what what that means uh, for me is is life changing, and and how I perceive uh, the love of God and the love of Christ. Uh, even in my brokenness, yeah, um, for sure. it, it teaches me a lot. And and as a son too, like as much as there have been errors, maybe on my parents' part and how they might have parented me, and I'm sure every parent struggles with that. Mm-hmm. You know, even for them, you know, there there were times where I was a rotten son, and and that was even when I was in ministry. You know, I was sure. just starting out of ministry, and and the stuff that would come out of my mouth to my mom and dad, and 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 all of that, I. You know, definitely for me, understanding that myself as a son and as a child, how I'm still loved and yet I'm still cherished even after that, uh, that, that brings me a lot of humility. Sure. You know, it, yeah. It's uh, humility in the sense that how humiliating it is to think about that. That's a good um, way of putting it, yeah. actually. <laughs> but how reassuring it is and how much that reaches into my life and heart to know that they still love me mm. and are still there for me. Mm. That really teaches me a lot about God and yeah. the gospel. Yeah. And, uh, and that's something that I've been reflecting on mm. uh, as of lately. Question number two, big question number two, how would you define and describe the pr- 
process of discipleship and how has it changed over the years? You know, I, I used to think it was like, you know, it's all teaching. And so you sit people, you have a group of people sit down with you and you run a Bible study and you teach them everything there is to know about the Bible. And, you know, you, you teach them the shorter catechism and you make sure they're catechized and you, you know, all the, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the first, you know, the first question, the first rule, the second question, the first the right. second rule, you know, you, you're teaching them that in and out and, and make sure they're fully catechized and they know exactly all the answers that they need to answer. <laughs> and so when they get to the time of baptism, they are able to answer all the questions correctly. And and so that's what I used to think that discipleship was and, and that, you know, you would train them up and they know exactly what to say when they get on the mission field. And so you, you throw them into the mission field and then, yeah. you know, they learn how to do that. But so like, I, a, like a Jeopardy contestant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or it's like military training, you know. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Someone in the way. You know, it, it. You know, I used to think that's what discipleship was, and and to some degree, I, I've come to discover maybe it, it, some of that is good, but some of that doesn't allow room for grace to make that change and that impact on their life. Mm. They walk in that journey out of fear and out of intimidation or a yeah. sense of legalism and duty, but not out of compassion sure. and not out of that desire from their hearts because of how much the gospel has impacted their life. Right. And so now I look at this discipleship and, and the process of discipleship very differently. And it's simply just walking with people. And yeah. I think that's exactly what Jesus did. When I look at the gospel, how did Jesus disciple his disciples? Mm-hmm. And yes, he taught a lot. Yes, he spoke to them a lot. But he also experienced life with them. He lived with them. Sure. He spent time with them, fellowship with them, had conversations, ate with them. Probably not recorded, but probably played some sports with them. Probably, you know, as much as he said, you want to be fishers of men, they probably also went fishing too. Yeah. You know, they're on a boat and, you know, they're hungry. You know, catch some fish. And there's joy in that too. And and, and being able to spend that quality time and, and sharing life day in, day out with them and showing them what it means that they're loved, that they're cared for. They're also have been equipped and, and given that hope to mm-hmm. do the ministry. So, you know, when Jesus says, you know, he, he tells his disciples to go, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he tells them to go and make disciples, right? Uh, he empowers them. You also see them. He, he sends his disciples out to go and, and to heal and to, and to do his ministry, and, and they do. And I think that's part of that journey, being able to, encourage people and have them see that hope uh, that God can use them no matter how in worldly terms we might feel unprepared or ill-equipped uh, that God is able to use even those who are ill-equipped mm. and so what's yeah. that look like for your life what does it look like for your life to follow Jesus for me it's I can easily fall into this guilt trip you know as a pastor right you know in my praying every day, reading my Bible every day, am I doing all the things of spiritual discipline every day uh, as a pastor and and be tempted to do that out of sense of duty mm-hmm. versus every day walking with God because I, I believe that as I walk with the Lord and as I trust in Him and as I uh, seek the Lord in 
in mundane times and then also in busy times and even mm-hmm. in in like frustrating times or even happy times that I continue to seek God in all those things. And whether that's in Bible, in the Bible, or whether that's through prayer, or whether that's just in that moment reflecting uh, on on the gospel. I, I think that's for me. That's my that's that's how I look at discipleship every awesome. day. That might seem like a very vague <laughs> comment, but I'm not sure exactly how else to put that. No, no, no. Um, that's yeah. That's how it's been expressed in your life. Right? Yeah. 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 Awesome. So, big question number three. There's been a recent movement in Christendom focusing on the mission of God, the missio dei. How have you come to understand what that mission is? And secondly, how do you believe you've been called to that personally? I, I wasn't really aware that there's a recent movement. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, hey, maybe for you, it's been just like your whole life. You're like, I, I, I always felt like God was always moving. Right? There you go. And so there you go. Uh, that, I, I don't. That's that's my per- perception. I think you know there are times where it seems like God is moving more here or more over there. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've begin to understand mission as very, very contextual mm. uh, today. Often a lot of the time, you know, in, in the past, I would think of mission as, okay, you got to go and share the, you know, you know, four or five point gospel. And you just sure. take that and you share them, you know, rule number one, two, three, four, you know, sure. just go through the, 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 the gist of the gospel with somebody. And, and then do you want to say the prayer? Yeah. You yeah. want to say the prayer and, and and uh, you know, and then you come to church and join a Bible study and do all these things and do all these like Christianese type things and and then uh, you know I, I thought that that's what mission looked like. Sure. Uh, you know whether it's evangelizing on the street uh, or to friends that you know or you know or going overseas or going over the border to do that. Uh, but I realized that that's not really what mission looks like today. Right. May, it, that may have worked at some point. And may still work in certain contexts, and and st- still be a way of of reaching out to people in, in in the mission of Christ. But I think as times have changed, and and as this generation also begins to change, and our context begins to change, where we're in a much more pluralistic society, where there are all, all sorts of different kinds of backgrounds, cultures, and beliefs, and 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 I think mission is has always been relational. But increasingly more, right? Uh, increasingly more relational, and and how we how we speak to people, and and how we learn to love people and accept people as they are. So my understanding of mission is maybe to some people a little too tame. It may be perceived as very passe, mm. but I, I think for me it, it's it's uh, it's become a lot more gentler. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and so, whether it's a, a slow process of, you know, going to the local bakery down the street and 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 getting to know the Italian baker and and or the Nona who works at the you know the the bakery and, and sitting down with yeah. her and and you know having a cup cup of coffee you know at the coffee shop and 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 sitting down and getting to know the owner just because you keep going every single day right yeah. Um, you know, they may look like it may just look like, oh, you're just going for the coffee. But I think if we're able to build relationships uh, every day and build those friendships in life and get to know people on that level, I think that's where a mission begins. And also, I think increasingly more today, seeing the disparity between 
uh, socioeconomic class. Right. Um, yeah. You're seeing that become more and more evident, I think, in Canadian culture and society today. Uh, whether we want to admit it or not, politicians definitely don't want to admit it. But we're seeing a greater disparity between class. Mm. Uh, there's much more people who are very, very poor and struggling day in, day out, you know, who are literally counting their pennies. Mm. And, and I think increasingly more today uh, that we have to be more compassionate. Mm. We have to love these people more mm-hmm. and, and live more uncomfortably so that they can also experience the comfort of Christ. My biggest struggle right now, I think, is that I say I want to be compassionate, but yet I live in this, you know, in the luxury of everyday life, whether I think it's luxury or not. Right. I may take it for granted as, you know, you know, I, I, I own a condo and in a car and a, and all of this stuff, but yet there are so many people out there who cannot do that on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Can I live a little more uncomfortably uh, so that they can experience the comfort of Christ? Uh, can I sacrifice a little more so that they can uh, they can survive? Sure. And how do I preach it, preach the gospel uh, out of my place of prosperity and go to them and say, you know, believe in Jesus and He'll be your comforter? Yet when I leave, they're not comforted. Hmm, that's big. It's 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 to me it's become hypocrisy in my own life. Right. So. There's a there's a part of me I think as of lately that has uh, become like a thorn in my in my heart and and really uh, pressing me I think to to think about those who are in need a little bit more and uh, how do we how do we reach them more in in today's context where that disparity is becoming mm-hmm. uh, much more evident maybe uh, even for us to even be attentive to see how the kingdom of God is breaking in. In those situations, right? right, and how we can yeah. be part of what God is doing to to restore and to build up, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Yeah, amazing. All right, question number four, mm-hmm. big question number four. What have been some of the greatest joys you've experienced through walking with God? I, I think it's 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 two things. Sure. The first one is is seeing people who have very very much been opposed to the gospel. Mm. And we see that much more today, where people are so adamant about their opinion of Jesus and Christianity. Sure. Even with very, very little knowledge of it, just by the church's presence and, and the way we've negatively been portrayed even today and how we've, and, and many churches have unfortunately uh, presented the wrong example of what the church looks like and being able to share pe- share with people, you know, the truth of the gospel and the heart of the gospel and having to see young people and some people come to faith, even in the midst of that sort of opinion and that brick wall sort of built up mm-hmm. uh, to the gospel, come to know Jesus. I think that's one of the greatest joys for me. And I've seen that, uh, where uh, seen that in several young people who have decidedly said, you know, I, I will never follow Jesus. I will never go to church. Sure. Uh, and and I rather follow my own devices and in, in my own uh, in my own way. But they're calling um, the Dun generation, right? Yeah. Like the, the Duns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 turn around and say, no, I realize, you know, God does love me. Awesome. You know, Praise and, God. and seeing some of that, you know, evident in ministry and in the past, I think those moments are are the ones that I really look for. Yeah, and look look forward to. 
and uh, and even if it's really discouraging, you know, when when you try to try to reach out to certain people uh, in your ministry in your walk of life, where they just you know they're constantly trying to avoid you and and, and walk away from you or trying to avoid that conversation, uh, come around to asking the questions that are, are very very critical to faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that definitely I find joy in that. Uh, it's definitely not easy. Uh, doing that, but because I found so, find so much joy, I think that's what makes me persevere. Nice. Uh, the the other is also uh, even even greater than the first one is really helping those who are, uh, you know, in in need. Mm. Uh, pe- seeing people who go through pain uh, and difficulty in their life, whether it's economically uh, or whether it's even in their health, and maybe just going through a really difficult time. Yeah, uh, you know, whether it's relationally, maybe. It, could be marriage issues or relational issues that they might have. I think as a pastor and as, as someone who has uh, been given people to be responsible for and to love and to, to have compassion for, mm-hmm. I think being there for those people have been one of the greatest joys in walking with God. Sharing the journey. Yeah, just sharing the journey with people, sharing faith and sharing love. And sometimes you, don't even talk, you can't even talk about God. They may not believe in it just yet. Mm. But being there for them mm. and, and, and loving them as God would love them. You know, in, in God's story of grace, the first thing that God says to us is not going to be, believe in me and, <laughs> and convert now. Right. Right? It's usually, this is how much I love you. Yeah. Right? And, and he's always displaying to us how much he desires us. Yeah, that's good news. Yeah, and 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 that's that's a beautiful thing, and to be able to walk that journey with people, and sometimes not even being able to share even a Bible verse with them, and just sitting down with them and and asking them how are you, mm-hmm. and to hear them at at ease and comfort, and to be able to talk to you, whether it's about their problems, or the struggles that they have in their life, I think that brings me joy. Mm. Um, a lot, and and I can see how God's love begins to flow through those kind of relationships. So I definitely, definitely, as a pastor, that's brought me a lot of joy, and even in my own personal uh, walk, uh, sure. that's been one of my greatest joys. Thank you so much for sharing. Our last big five question is this: What have been some of the hardest and challenging moments in your life and faith, and how has the gospel been good news and a source of hope during those times? Probably the most difficult time uh, in my personal life and in, in my own journey was the first time I had to live alone. I think it's close to about eight years ago now, eight, nine years ago, where my folks and my family had moved down to, down to the States. Right. I didn't have anybody uh, with me in, in Toronto, and uh, you know, I had resigned from, from a position in, in in Toronto, and and then uh, found myself, you know, wondering what am I going to do le- next with my life. And then, having been called to Montreal you know, about a year later after that, and and moving to a city where I knew absolutely nobody, and it being in a context where I couldn't even step onto the street and speak my own language, right? You yeah. know, my own comfortable language, which is English or Korean, 
you know, and, <laughs> and, and go down to the corner store and just pay for something without feeling intimidated by the language and and feeling very, very, in, uh, very insecure. I think during that time and and vulnerable. Mm. Uh, it was a dead of winter too, and I think for me it was so easy to feel extremely lonely and alone in my walk. And uh, you know, being a pastor at a church, you can't just go into a church context and then uh, be friends with people. Reality is that you are their pastor, you're their leader. You've been appointed and hired to to care for them as you know as their pastor and leader, mm-hmm. uh, not to be their best friend, right? Unfortunately, right at that time, not really knowing that boundary just yet. Yeah, and uh, finding myself in a place of need where I, I I needed to be around people and to me needed to be in the company of people because I was so isolated. I think was probably one of the most difficult and darkest hours, probably of my own spiritual journey. Sure, but in the midst of that, you have so much quiet time. Like you're mm. you're just you're home alone a lot. You're in your office alone a lot. Maybe you interact with some of the staff at the church, or you know, you you meet up and do pastoral visits, but that can't be in every single hour of the day. And you would find that most of the hours of your evening or or your daytime would be uh, in quiet and very alone. Right. And it's actually probably during that time where I both cried a lot from being lonely. Yeah. But in the midst of those tears, desperately searching for God. And so as I searched for God and as I, as I clung to him more and read his word more and prayed more, I think God really began to fill that up. Mm. Yeah. He began to really shine his grace wow. yeah. uh, through those moments and during those times. You know, to be frank, that experience of that church was uh, not a very positive one. Right. And experienced a lot of opposition and a lot of uh, people who simply just didn't like me because they didn't like me. And it's, you know, you'll always run into people like that. You know, you didn't do anything to them, but they still feel the need to dislike you. Sure. And, and you, you know, you run into situations like that and you, you can easily feel a lot more alone and a lot more isolated. But I think during that time I had much more reflection, a lot, a lot more uh, times where I was, pushed even more to lean on God. Wow. And not to find my significance in people, but rather in in God alone, in Christ alone. Uh, I really uh, felt that those were the, probably the deepest moments of faith and perseverance and uh, coming to know the gospel in a deeper, uh, deeper matter. Awesome. That is, that is an amazing story. <laughs> And that is uh, just such amazing witness of God's presence in your life in the midst of, mm-hmm. you know, th- those darkest moments. It reminds me a lot of David's Psalms. You sound mm-hmm. like David's <laughs> Psalms when you're sharing kind of some of that stuff. Yeah. All right. To finish off our interview, we're going to ask you uh, a series of quick and fun questions. This is our rapid fire round. Okay. Yes. The goal is to respond with just the first answer that pops into your head. Mm-hmm. Just the answer. No need for an explanation. Are okay. you ready? Sure. All yeah. right. Spontaneous answers. Here we go. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Bagel or croissant? Croissant. Window or aisle seat? 
Hmm. Window. Best place to visit in the world. I would say, for now, Haiti. Oh. Uh. According to you, who makes the best kimchi? Oh, definitely my grandma. Uh. Favorite Korean word? Uh, choa. <laughs> best place, I don't know what that means. Uh, best place to get Korean food in the GTA? Hmm. That's probably debatable, but... It's for you. For now, it's going to be Gallery of Food Court at, uh, at I believe that's at Don Mills and York Mills. Nice. Yeah. Fender or Gibson? Fender guy, definitely. Yeah. Favorite thing about where you live right now? It's right by Yorkdale Mall. Oh, yeah. So I can, I can go for a walk and even in the wintertime. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> what inspires you? I think good music inspires me. How would you spend $10? Buy coffee. What is the most Canadian thing about you? I say A a lot. For sure, I say A a lot. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most Asian thing about you? I can't live without my rice and kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the most interesting place to watch people? I think in the window of a, of a coffee shop as people are walking by. Uh, what's your favorite place to do devotionals? I would say at a coffee shop, drinking good coffee. There you go. Yeah. What was the third thing you did when you woke up this morning? I clung to my sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. What's something new you learned within the last week? I learned that the queen says one in a very particular way. She doesn't say one. She says one. Oh, yeah. What's the hardest thing about being a vlogger? Uh, speaking to a camera and not having an audience and not knowing how you sound or look. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice I've been given was always to wait. Do you follow it? I try to. That's the hardest thing I I have to do in my life, just to wait. What is something you couldn't live without? I couldn't live without my wife, I think. What is something you could live without? At this point, I think I could live without meat. Mm. Whoa, wow, (laughs) yes. If your teenage self saw you today, what would he think? I should probably be like that now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you so much, James. Hey, to check out more about what James is doing and his awesome work, check out TheophilusDevos.com or look up Theophilus Devos on YouTube. They're always engaging, encouraging, and challenging devotionals for your life. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe on iTunes and Podbean. Don't forget to rate and review our episodes. We'd love to hear from you. So please contact us through Facebook or Twitter or email. Leave us comments and feedback. Let us know how we can be doing this better. And also let us know how you are striving to be more missional in your life. You've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. We hope you will join us on this journey. See you next time.